Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Rug Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Rug Up Buttercup. We all know that deployment is tough, but it can also be a time of growth. That's the driving mission behind Pillar, the totally free digital retreat for deployment countdowns. It's three days of online community, inspiring speakers, and nonstop giveaways happening this November designed to set you up for deployment countdown success, all from the comfort of your own home. If you're not part of the Pillar community, Grab your completely free ticket for this year's Pillar Retreat at PillarDeploymentRetreat.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ruck Up Buttercup. I'm here today with a couple of really fun guests. If you've listened to the last couple episodes, you probably heard their ad space for their upcoming retreat with Pillar Digital Retreat for Deployments. They have some amazing, amazing resources, and we love working with them every year to be able to bring some more fun things to you guys, especially as the holiday season kind of rolls around and it gives you something to look forward to during your deployments. I have on with me today, Becky and Joanna, and I'm going to give them a chance each to have an opportunity to a little bit about themselves and what they do. So Becky, would you like to go ahead and start? Sure. Sabrina, thanks so much for having us. My name is Becky Hoy. I am the co-host of Pillar, the digital retreat for deployment countdowns. And I'm also the founder of Brave Crate, the monthly homecoming countdown box for military spouses. And I'm Joanna Golden-Knoll. I'm the other co-host for Pillar. And I'm also the person behind Joe My Gosh, which is a military spouse lifestyle blog. I'm so glad to have you guys on here. I know that all being military spouses and having done the journey, it's great to have other military spouses around you all the time and to kind of be part of this community. So you guys created this really awesome retreat and Deployed Love loves everything to do with this retreat. Obviously, if you follow any of our pages, you've seen us posting and sharing about it because it it fills the gap that we don't have right now for anything with online programs. And it's something that we love to be able to give to you guys. So can you guys give us a little bit about like how this even came to be amongst the two of you and why it continues to be so successful. I feel like when Becky and I tell this story, we are an old married couple. Um, You know, when you ask somebody who's married, like, well, how did you guys get together? It's like a little bit of a journey for Becky and I, it was a little bit of a journey. So she and I knew each other from like the military community entrepreneur space. And the one day in 2019, she gave me a call and said, Hey, I have this idea. And I was wondering um, what you thought about it. And if you'd, you know, maybe like to, to be part of it. And if you know, Becky, you know, that everything she does is such a wonderful gift to everybody else. And she does things with such precision and forethought. And so she told me about this idea. She wanted to do a one day like resources retreat where military spouses and significant others would get deployment resources that they might not know about. And it was just like a convening of resources for people who are going through military separations. And I heard her talk about it and the passion that she was talking about it with. And I basically was like, Becky, what can I do to be part of this? Like anything, like, let me know. And she was super gracious and uh, invited me to be a co-host. So, and that was before the pandemic really. And 
by uh, 2020, we were planning things out and getting ready and building out. And then the pandemic hit <laughs> and that was our first year. So it's, it was kind of fortuitous really that we were planning a virtual retreat. Uh, it grew to three days. We had so many amazing speakers that first year that at the end of it, we really looked at each other and we're like, let's do this again. This was an awesome ride. Like, let's do it again. And so now this is the, our third year, which is hard to believe. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel like we've been doing this for three years. Every year feels new and fresh. And when I think back to the original idea for Pillar, what really comes to mind is the fact that I was encountering so many military significant others through my work with Brave Crate that felt disconnected from the larger military community. And if I'm being honest, when I was first married to my husband, Randy, I had no idea that there were things like deployed love. I had no idea that there were podcasts like this or even blogs like Joe, my gosh, available to help me feel connected and to share stories and advice and help me feel like I was less alone. It wasn't until I started Brave Crate that I really realized there's this incredible global community of U.S. military families who are sharing freely their resources and their ideas and what's worked for them and support and encouragement. And so the idea behind Pillar was really that it should be easy for military spouses and significant others to feel supported and connected during deployment. You should not have to spend five years Googling and trying to find these resources so what we do at Pillar is we decided, you know what, let's bring them all into one space. Let's make sure that people know about Deployed Love. Let's make sure people know about United Through Reading and the USO and all of the different resources, blogs, creators out there. And let's break it down even further and give people the opportunity to create a deployment action plan. Joanna and I both believe that deployment can be a really difficult season, but it can also be a se season that serves you as a human being, like beyond a military spouse. It can help you grow personally if you are able to attack it with intentionality and with support. And so throughout the weekend, we designed it so that there are all day workshops. So all day long, there are these short take action workshops about everything from counting down with kiddos to how to manage your countdown well if you are child-free and living alone, how to create a beautiful care package, how to create a countdown wall, how to create a homecoming or a holiday photo if, if you joined us last year and heard Sabrina's, Sabrina's session. So we really just broke it down and we give people the opportunity to design a deployment countdown that works for them over three days in the midst of a big community that's just there to support them. Yeah. And I like what you say about like, it doesn't, the deployments are a hard season. And I think that it can be such a good time if you make it a good time. I think that it allows you to grow because a lot of spouses become really reliable on their, their significant other. But when you're forced to be independent and kind of forced to be the one in charge of everything, you grow a lot as a human. I think you kind of grow a lot and learn a lot about yourself because if you were married and just lived with them continuously, you didn't have that opportunity to know a little bit more about yourself. When you're alone, you have a chance to sit and like, what do I like to do? What, what identifies me? Like, who am I? Not just a military spouse. Who am I? I find that when deployments come around, I do spend a lot more time on myself and finding things that I enjoy, not just what my family enjoys as well. 
I think that's something that a lot of spouses and significant others kind of come to on their own. I know Becky and I probably, obviously, we've spent a lot of time talking to each other about our own experiences as we've been crafting, you know, the different pillar deployment retreats. And one thing that she and that both of us experienced, even when we didn't know each other, was that first deployment where you're so, you know, like gobsmacked by it. Like you're going through it. You don't know what to expect. And then all of a sudden, like you have to go through this difficult period. And then, you know, I know both of us did thing where like you have your phone on you all times of the day and night, just in case maybe he calls and then you feel guilty that you're doing anything fun at all. Like as if you should be in your house, just flogging yourself and being crying the whole time. But we both came to realizations over that, you know, first or second deployment that we only get this life once. And I know for me personally, I was like, I'm only going to be 26 one time in my life. Like, and I don't want to look back on it when I'm 60 years old and go, what did you do? Like you spent one whole year waiting for your life to restart once John got home. And what are you going to do if he decides to go career? And this is a thing that happens every, you know, two or three years. Like, are you really going to have such a difficult time every two to three years? Or can you figure out how to make the best of it? And of course, the very best of it would be as if he's home all the time, right? But that's not reality. So how can how can I make my life as good as it can be instead of just being like, well, now this is a, you know, nine months that kind of, I don't want to remember. The first deployment was so hard. I was super young, obviously, as well. So it was like 18, 19 years old. We just got married and he was gone for a full year. Like that, it was something you don't expect to have to ever deal with. And yeah, that, that year definitely was different compared to the deployments we do now. Now they're almost every single year and we're used to it. And it actually is a time where we kind of look forward to having our own individual space and doing our own activities that we both enjoy kind of separated from each other for a little bit. And we both grow a lot more during that season. So that kind of goes into what we were going to talk about next is you guys do get to meet these amazing spouses, amazing other people within the military community who come onto your retreat and have advice, things that you probably haven't even come up with on your own that are just phenomenal advice. So what is some of the, of your favorites that you guys have had that just really helped you guys get through your deployments? So many things. And I have to say pillar is unique in that it's not just all of our attendees sitting and listening to speakers. There is also a lot of opportunity for conversation space to share your own story and to give your own advice. We always say the learning is in the room. It's not just from the speakers. And so we've really seen countless times where attendees, people who are maybe not one of our speakers, but are attending and sharing, they are sharing really incredible advice and guidance and support for others as well. So in addition to that, you cannot watch a speaker session at Pillar without walking away with some sort of inspiration or encouragement or advice that you didn't think of. Joanna and I are really lucky because we get to work with these speakers all year long and understand their presentations and be an integral part of it. It's just such a gift. And we were just talking yesterday, actually, about one of the moments that I really had this shift in mindset. And that was during a session from JC Eckhart. She was our keynote speaker 
actually in 2020 and 2021. And during her 2020 session, she really focused on the idea that we need to do deployment in a way that fits for us and that it can be really easy for us to look at other military spouses and see the way that they are doing their deployment countdown and think that's how you do it correctly. So we might look at a military spouse friend and see she's got her kids on some sort of like 12 point routine that they stick to every day. And she's up at 5am working out and then has lunches prepped for everybody and, you know, has a, a really strict schedule that she's following. And maybe that works well for her. But when we try to take that and do things exactly the same way as other people, we are not setting ourselves up for success. And so that was a big aha moment for me, just this idea that I need to know what works well in my life. I need to learn what I enjoy doing and what I don't enjoy doing. And so if I decide I'm going to focus on running a marathon during my deployment countdown, and that's the, one of the things that I'm relying on to keep me like sane and motivated, but I hate running, which spoiler alert, I do hate running. If that's going to be my focus, but I hate it, I'm not setting myself up for success. So that was a really big takeaway for me. I, so that is, <laughs> that's such like a beautiful overarching example. I have a really specific example. Last year, JJ Montanero from USAA, who is our presenting sponsor for Pillar and is the reason why we can offer it free for everyone, did this three-part series about things that you should do in preparation for deployment. And one of them, and it sounds so simple now that I'm saying it, but I never like put the pieces together. One of them was to do like a financial checklist before deployment and to make sure that like you have different things figured out, including passwords, because I think USAA sees a lot of military spouses who might not have all the passwords to all of the financial tools that their family uses. And then all of a sudden their spouse is on a ship or on a submarine and there's no way to get them for like a really long time. So I was like, that's so smart. Like, and that's one of those details I think I would totally forget. The other one was to right size your insurance. And, you know, it goes without saying like other bills to your deployment experience. So if you're not using your spouse's truck or car for the next nine months, call your insurance agent because maybe you might be able to save some money on that. And, you know, all of those kind of like little things that add up to be a, a pretty big deal, especially if your family is doing some kind of financial goal throughout the deployment. Cause I think a lot of families do, it's an opportunity to save money, maybe uh, to dream about a big purchase or a trip or something. And so I was just like, that is so like, I could do that tomorrow. You know, it's not like something that I really need to work on. Like I can make those changes right now and may see a change to my family's bottom line with a phone call, which was really exciting. I also really love pretty much any of our sessions that are about relationships during deployment. So like Becky said, JC Eckhart, who is a military sociologist, she has just drops gems everywhere. And she is one of our keynote speakers again this year. But like Sarah Peachy, who is a writer and an army spouse, has talked a lot about journaling 
and how that can draw you and your spouse closer together. We have sessions about the military deployments and children and teens where a lot of those details I think are so salient and so important, especially for families who are going through deployment for the first time with kids of that age. And I just I mean, there's just so much good stuff, Sabrina. <laughs> There really is. I think when you look at deployments from a whole, it kind of, you see just the very basics of like, where do I have my power of attorney? Do I have like contact information? How am I going to do care packages? It's all the very, like very small, shallow parts of it that a lot of people kind of look at when they're coming up on deployment, but there's so much that's deeper to that. And a lot of that is great that you guys have because it's things that people don't think about. And when they do have this opportunity to come to your retreat, they're like, Oh, I didn't think about how we were going to communicate, like how the difference of just like sending an email or sending a care package, because care packages are nice and they can be really, really fun. But if you're not sending something a little bit more attached to that, then it, it can also be a really shallow thing that you're just sending toys and whatever. Um, so I think that having opportunity for these spouses to see, there's so much more to a deployment than just the the very basics of that. Because I think that's why those first deployments are hard because you're just kind of seeing what the, you know, your FRG wants the very basics from you. And then you're just kind of following along and <laughs> trying to see where that's going to lead you. Um, and you learn a lot more through each deployment through that too. But, but care packages can be fun. Do you guys have um, any that maybe specific ones that you've sent or like, things that people have talked about on in your retreat that were, you never would have thought of to include in a, a care package. We have had so many amazing care package themed sessions at Pillar. And so that's always fun every year. There's something new when it comes to the care package space. My personal favorite is I used to regularly send my husband a taco night care package. So it was something I would send him, I don't know, maybe once every other month. I was also very young, <laughs> had a lot more time on my hands than I do now, but I would send him a taco night care package that had all kinds of supplies that were non-perishable that he and his coworkers could use to have a taco night. So things like Fritos and uh, tortillas and canned beans, canned chili, canned cheese sauce. I'm trying to think, call it Rotel canned jalapenos, like all the things for a taco night. And they loved it. It was something really fun that they could do together. And it was always a blast to be able to see what they did as a team and, you know, getting anybody who has had a deployed partner knows there's something really special about getting a picture of your partner during a deployment. It feels like you're seeing them in person in a way that you, it doesn't really match up to a video call. So it's really nice. And I would love getting those. I also sent a Christmas party care package for him that included Christmas decorations, cookies for everyone on his team. I think there was candy games, uh, like the dollar store Santa hats and reindeer ears and all of that. And him, him and his uh, coworkers had a little Christmas party as well. So those are the ones I most enjoy. My husband's not really into getting a lot of stuff, like he'll be grateful for it, but that's not really his gifts are not his love language, but quality time is absolutely a part of his love language. And so I was able to kind of give him some quality friend time with his coworkers through those. I love that. Um, I never sent a taco night box and now I'm like, who do I know that I can send a taco night box to? 
So I think for John specifically, for my husband specifically, he really appreciated Sun or Starkiss uh, separate tuna pouches. If you've seen those, there's like regular lemon pepper ranch. Uh, he loved having those. And I know tuna is not something for everyone. So, you know, um, if that's not what your partner likes, maybe don't send them a bunch of tuna. But he he also really liked any kind of drink enhancers to mask the flavor of like weird tasting water. So like Mio's and like Gatorade drops, those kinds of things. And also things like hot sauce, different seasonings. I sent him, I think, popcorn seasonings and then sent a whole bunch of like microwavable popcorn bags, just things that he could add to the food in the defect. And it made it feel like it was different food, even if it was kind of like the same rotation of food every month or every week. And I have to tell you guys this because like I'm a little extra. So when John deployed to Afghanistan, we got engaged like two weeks before he shipped out. And I was I had, I knew nothing about the military, right? And I had done a lot of reading and research because I am a super nerd. And I had read that like care packages can take like up to six weeks to get somewhere. So I knew when John was shipping out and I was like, I'm going to make sure that he gets a box in the first month that he's in Afghanistan. Cause like, you know, it'll take a long time for letters to get there. I don't know what our communication situation will be like. And I, as a, at that time, I was a high school English teacher and I knew nothing about the military. I took markers and I decorated the outside of the box. And it said in really big Sharpie black letters, we're getting married around the outside of it. And then it was like colored in rainbow colors, like stripes and all kinds of stuff, right? Like super masculine and manly. And I was like, well, he'll get it. Like I had timed it out six weeks. He will get it in the middle of the month, his first month there. Turns out <laughs> that all the research I did was wrong, at least for where I was living and how fast stuff got to Afghanistan. Because when John got off the plane, the people that they were relieving came out to the tarmac to welcome them and had a box that was rainbow striped and said, we're getting married. And the first thing they said was, who's John Knoll? <laughs> And they proceeded to give John this box that had been sitting there and waiting for him for like three weeks. So he like literally got a care package the first day he was in country. I'm sure he got teased so much about it and he never has let on to that. But every time we talk about favorite care packages, that's the one, even though it's so embarrassing too. I love that though. That is so funny. I can just imagine like the ones that got the package before he was even there. Like, who is this person? Like, why do we have his mail? He's not even here. Like, oh yeah. And it was so obnoxious. I mean, really guys, it was so obnoxious. I love it. That's, that's so funny. I can't even remember the care packages I sent. They were all only during that first deployment. So he went through that first deployment and then the lot, the two stations after that, he didn't get to play because he's Intel. So a lot of the stuff he does, he can do from here. And then now he does deployments, but they're like small. They're like three months long. So by the time I would send something, it would not, you'd be turning around to leave. So we don't send them anymore. But something I started doing even before I became part of Deployed Love was I noticed when my friends were going through deployments, they don't get care packages and we're going through just as much hard stuff, you know, especially as mothers, the ones that have kids there, it's, it's a hard season. 
So I started sending, not like sending them in the mail, but like bringing by little gift baskets when I could tell that people were getting hard, having hard times. And those are fun to put together too. That you can be really fun themes like doing like a hot cocoa night or something that you just put together. Something doesn't have to be much, but it's nice to think of your, your fellow spouses too and care packages. And we're not all going through deployments at the same time. So if you know one of your friends is going through it, then just dropping something off. You don't even have to stop and say hi. You can just leave it on their porch and something for them, for them to find is really nice too. So that's something you guys can think of um, that is just a little touch for your friends too. So you guys were both part of the military community before Pillar. Obviously, you were kind of in the community. People knew of you and things that you've done. So what is one of your like favorite things that you love about being part of the military community? By far, my favorite thing is that I have friends everywhere. And that started before I had even started Brave Crate or Pillar, just sheerly from the fact of PCSing so many times and moving so many times, I really started to feel like, okay, there it's, it's such a bummer when you leave your friends, but also it's kind of nice that pretty much anywhere I travel in the country, I, I know there's someone within like six or eight hours that I could go visit or go talk to. And then that just really expands as you start to get connected with spouses outside of your local area. And so that's something really beautiful about Pillar is that it, it can be a really great place to make friends and meet friends and stay connected with people all year long. And so I know when I was living in Philadelphia, I got to go visit Joanna and her husband and see their beautiful coffee shop. And when I am visiting friends in North Carolina, I have a whole slew of friends over at Fort Bragg that I can visit. And it just, it just keeps growing. Like there's, there's always a benefit to having friends around the country and now around the world, you know, I'm here in Hawaii right now. And I know I'm going to make friendships here with military families and also with civilian families here on the island. And I will always be able to come back to this place and enjoy it and, um, you know, connect with people here as well. So that's been a gift. Oh, man. Ditto, Becky. I absolutely. So now I have to think of something else, right? No, um, I think for me, I really love the diversity of the military community and specifically the military spouse community. Um, I grew up in a really rural part of Pennsylvania. It is so exciting to me to meet people from different walks of life who I probably would not have met without kind of getting all mixed up in the big like mixing bowl of the military community. And so it's so awesome to me to meet people from other cities and other states different religions and beliefs than mine, different ethnic backgrounds, different races. Like, I just think that that is one of the really beautiful things about the military community and also one of the real strengths of it. And I just, I think that it's so exciting when you meet somebody who is totally different than you and you still have something in common. Um, and then you can support each other through it and get to know a little bit about how they see life and they get to know a little bit about how you see life too. Yeah, those are definitely the two things. And because of those two things, we kind of, we are family. We, you could go to, up to any other military family that you know and have some way to connect. Like you have just a, a beginning friendship, no matter like where you're coming from, because you're going through the military life. And so I think it's, it's a really cool community that we have that opportunity to be family for each other especially when you are stationed Oconus and you, you know, you're not going to see your family as often as you would hope to see them. Um, so you kind of build that family that does the holidays together and you, you get to be really, really close. 
And I agree with you, Becky, visiting my friends when we travel, because we do a lot of road trips. We have been in the last few years across country because my family lives on like the West Coast side and we're clear on the East. So there's these stops along the way. We're like, oh, we're going to stop in Knoxville. We have this friend there. We're going to stop in Colorado. We have this friend there. And, you know, it makes trips a little bit more bearable when <laughs> you're not having to stay in hotels. You can get some like food cooked and spend time with people that you want to be around. Um, the military community is amazing. So and I, I love being part of it. <laughs> Can I also add, you know, Sabrina, as you're talking about that, how generous people in the military community are. And I think how, because we have to make friends fast, I think people just jump in. And I think of like, you know, my husband and I took a road trip when he was transitioning out of the military and he had his saved up time. Right. And all along that trip, I like messaged people that I had known in the military community for years, but had never met in person. And one of them was Elaine Bry, who spoke last year. And she is, she's just a phenomenal human being, but I'd never met her in person. And I said, you know, we're going through um, Montana. I would love to just like meet up with you for coffee and meet you in real life. And she was like, why don't you just come stay at my ranch? Like sight unseen, I could have been an ax murderer. I'm, I'm not, but you know, like, I think that like inherent trust and generosity is kind of built into the lifestyle and it's really a beautiful thing. It is. I, I feel like we just, you can trust military families because they've been, they are kind of background checked. If you think about it, like we're all in the military community. So it's a little bit of that security of they aren't ax murderers, but they are very generous. I remember when I flew into Fort Hood to do training for some of our new coordinators and my flight home got canceled at like we were already on the plane and they're like, well, we're onboarding. You guys have a chance to maybe get, but there's like two flights that fly out of there every day. You can maybe get a flight tomorrow. And I was like, I do not want to be stuck in another hotel. I don't like, I don't want to do that. And there was this girl in front of me who was trying to get tickets reimbursed or whatever to try to get, she was moving, coming back to Fort Bragg as well. And I was like, oh my gosh, so I was listening in and she's like, oh, my husband's here and he has a car so I can fly out of Austin. So is there a flight out of Austin? And she literally was like, oh yeah, there's a flight in about two hours. If you guys really hurry, you could get there, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, can I get that ticket too? And I was like, can I ride with you guys to Austin, please? Like, I really just want to go home. And she was like, sure. Cause was like, you could just tell it with military, like, yeah, like we'll take care of you. Like I understand needing to get home to your kids and we'll get you to Austin so you can get on the same flight and get home. So it's very much a trusting, like maybe that wasn't the best choice in the world, but I, I felt like because they were both military, they were active duty that I was like, I feel like I'm going to get to where I need to be because these people, and they were very generous to just be like, yeah, hop in the backseat. Let's go. So we always end these episodes and it's been really nice talking to you guys, but having a chance to kind of give your advice to the military spouse, we've all been a little bit of veterans. We're around for a while. So maybe advice for like the new military spouse, just coming into to the world. And then um, an older military spouse, maybe out towards the end of their career. Sure. For a newer military spouse, I would say don't be afraid to ask the questions or to ask for help when you need it, whether that's through an extended network of people or locally from friends and family. I know early on in my husband's career, I had this vision that everyone else who specifically during deployment was counting down a deployment was somehow doing a great job and they felt fine about it and they weren't struggling like I was. And so I was afraid to talk about the areas I was struggling in and the areas that were tough for us. 
and come to find out here 12 years later, everyone's struggling (laughs) and everyone has struggled and you don't have to be afraid to talk about it. One of the things I love about Pillar as a community is that it's really a judgment-free space and it's a space where you can ask your questions without fear of negativity. I don't know if you've experienced this, Sabrina, but I've been in a lot of military spouse Facebook groups where someone asks a question and it's just cringy. Everyone just is ready to jump on them and criticize or make fun or what have you. And I absolutely encourage military spouses early in their career or in their partner's career to find a safe space to ask the questions, find people you trust. Pillar is a safe space for you if you're looking for one. Um, But maybe that's even like three or four friends locally or that you've been, you know, your family has been stationed with that you can trust and you can ask the questions even when you feel like they're silly questions, because we should all feel welcomed and encouraged and supported and not have to worry that, you know, we're going to ask this question in a Facebook group and I'm going to post anonymously because I'm so afraid of what people's reaction will be. So that would be my advice for a new military spouses. Find a place where you feel comfortable sharing your story and asking your questions and knowing that people will be there to support and guide you. I think my advice is for both new and quote unquote seasoned military spouses. I think um, it's important to be able to decide what advice works for you and your family and your particular situation and discard what doesn't. You know, I think most advice that people give is really well-meaning and might have truly worked for them, but a lot of it's also really contradictory. And a lot of it might have worked for, you know, those folks in that particular time, in that particular place, because their family was this particular kind of family. And so I think like give yourself the opportunity and the okay to say, yeah, I'm going to follow this, but not that. And like be discerning and and make those choices for your family. And then don't feel bad if you're not doing things the way that other people think that you should. I think for me, particularly, that is a difficult thing. (laughs) Um, So I'm like preaching to myself, but I have found that when John and I talk about what serves us in our relationship and our family without worrying about how it looks to other people or how it worked out for other people. Um, We are just so much happier and more successful at whatever we're trying to do together. Great advice. And we talk about it on the show a lot is every deployment is different. So even if that advice worked for you the first time, the next deployment is going to look so different that it doesn't pertain at all. So you, you do have to kind of just take it with a grain of salt and like take the little bits that help. But yeah, I agree. You can't, what works for someone isn't going to particularly work for the next person either. So thank you guys for coming on. It was really nice chatting with you. I know if you guys uh, follow Deployed Love, you saw that we had just done a self-care with them over on the pillar page. So you guys should go over there and check that out. Um, In the show notes, again, I will have linked like last time, the tickets where you can get tickets to the retreat that is coming up. It is November 4th through the 6th, right? And it's going to be really exciting. We're so excited. Tickets are totally free. So even if you're just thinking about it and want to see what it's all about, we really encourage you to attend. You'll have access to 
everything happening at the retreat during the entire weekend and into the next year. So even if you're not counting down a deployment right now, or if your partner's not currently TDY or geobatching, if there's a chance they could be this year, which we all know there's a chance for all of us, <laughs> it's part of the life, um, we, we would welcome you to attend. Yeah. And say, thank you for pointing that out. I think that that is the misconception. Same with deploy love. We're not just about when you're in deployment. It's about helping you prepare for that as well. So do join. I know I will be there. Um, hopefully in Germany from there, reaching you guys kind of listening while we're in a hotel room, probably. So I am looking forward to that. And if you guys have any other questions, feel free. I will have Becky and Joanna's information in the show notes as well. So you're welcome to reach out to them individually as well. So I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode and we will be back next month. We kind of have a quick month this month because of my move, but we will be back next month with some new content. So we'll talk to you guys later. Rock up, buttercup.